it is well with my soul. I hope that it is well with your soul today. If you have Jesus in your life and he's the center of your life, then it will be well with you. There's no doubt about that. It may not be well with you according to how you see things. But You may want more than what God is willing to do right now for you. But if you are a born-again child of God, it ought to be well with you. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, our Lord, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and foes all around, and to the standing between the living and the dead service family members. Uh, my beloved, prayer, devotional, memorial, family and evangelistic service. My beloved, it is absolutely so good to be with you this morning, live and on demand. Uh, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 712 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. Uh, this unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today we are reading Second Chronicles chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ on this morning. Lord, my faith looks up to you big time. I 
I pray, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting at your right hand, who died for our sins on the cross, was buried and rose from the dead. And Lord, as you know, I do not mention that to inform you. Uh, I mention that only, Lord, to remind us all. And, uh, Lord, I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon me and thus uh, my family down through the years. And, uh, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the millions and the many and the manifold uh, blessings that you have indeed bestowed upon us. Down through the years, uh, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us. For Jesus Christ's sake, Lord, this morning, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, our failures, as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us, uh, those who persecute us, those who try to hinder us in the ministry. Uh, Lord, uh, forgive them for they know not what they do. And uh, Holy Father God, thank you for giving me new perspectives on different and difficult things. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray Lord, for myself and everybody else who is truly saved and born again by your grace, crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us all afresh and anew and fill us afresh and anew today with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. Deliver us, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, live right, think right, and do right, and do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Throughout this day, Lord God in heaven, help us to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Keep us, Lord, therefore, in perfect peace. 
And the Holy Father God, help those of us who are saved by your grace to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to get back to you, our first love. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, and her family, uh, and my family, on both sides of the family, that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest until they come to know you as Savior. And help them to confess their sins and help them to repent and believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ. Help them all to humble down from their uh, uh, fake religion and truly believe in you and become a new creature in Christ and not continue in their sins that uh, they uh, sneak and do behind, they think, behind the scenes and out of sight of others. And they love their sin, just like all sinners do. But they try to hide it under a cloak of religion as the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. And they were your main persecutors. It was the religious crowd that hated you the most. And it is the family crowd and the religious crowd that hates me the most. And so, Lord, I wear it with a badge of honor. I give you the glory and the praise and the honor for what you have done, for what you're doing, and for what you will do. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning that you would also cast the devil and the demons of hell out of my wife Marika White, out of her family members, out of my family members. Uh, that includes her mother, my mother, her siblings, my siblings, her aunts and my family members. Uh, and rebuke and bind the devil, his demons and his hosts, Lord, from them and from their minds, and give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And, uh, Holy Father God, that your ministry and your work will not be hindered or blocked, uh, because even the devil himself cannot contain your Holy Word and stop your Holy Word. And so, these... Uh, devilish persecutors in the family and outside of the family can't stop it either. Uh, oh, they think they can, but they can't stop you. Uh, for someone said a long time ago, uh, God with one other person is the majority. And so my faith looks up to you big time. I have, by your grace, faith in you. Uh, as your Holy Son and our Savior said, have faith in God and that all things are possible with God. And so, Lord God in heaven, I do pray 
for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning uh, in this country and around the globe. Lord, comfort them, draw them to yourself for salvation, for you are the hope of the world, you are the light of the world, and uh, I give you the glory, praise, and honor, Lord, for that. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that, Lord, you would indeed save those who are lost. I pray, Lord, for those of us who are saved, uh, lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears, and fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord God in heaven, for giving me peace that passeth all understanding, joy unspeakable in the midst of sin, serious and severe persecution from outside of my family and inside of my family. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for giving me the strange ability to take pleasure uh, in infirmities and persecution and uh, tribulations, to glory in them and uh, to be cheerful in them, to have peace and joy in them even with a thorn in the flesh, such as my wife, who has been that way for 35 years, who I believe is demon-possessed. And I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of her life permanently and forever. If she would humble herself down and hate her sin of stealing from her husband behind his back, hate her sin of lying, hate her sin of pride, stubbornness, and rebelliousness, intentionally not wanting to joyfully submit to her husband, and all of the other foolishness, prowlessness, and most of all, hatred of you and hatred of your services and uh, uh, and trying to hinder them for the past 35 years. I pray that she would humble herself and truly believe in you and become born again and become a new creature in Christ and stop trying to live the Christian life because it cannot be lived in her own puny strength for anybody. So Lord God in heaven, I pray that you would continue to bless and anoint the preaching and the teaching of your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, I pray that in the midst of all of that and, and with the blessings of all that you have bestowed upon me and the ability 
grace sufficient for me to do all of that and to have those blessings in my life even though constantly being buffeted by enemies. Judas is in the family and outside of the family. Uh, and so I still pray, Lord, that uh, you would grant me your grace and your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to continue to pray for the things that I desire and need uh, in faith believing in spite of those things. And so, Lord, I do pray still that you would deliver me, those in my family who are saved and who are being persecuted themselves. For, Lord, I believe that I have some younger children who are being persecuted. I know I have some older children who have been persecuted and uh, have been beat down because uh, by the devil and others because they have stood with me and supported me in the ministry. And so, Lord, I pray that you will protect them too. And Holy Father God, deliver them so that they can be set free and not be concerned about what people think about them. Uh, like their father, help them to be more like me in that regard. And so, Lord, I do pray that you would protect us all uh, from these things and these people. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you deliver us from all of our distresses and afflictions. Deliver us from all of our persecutions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. And Holy Father God, deliver us from all of the spiritual and mental physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties that we're facing today. And uh, Holy Father God, thank you for your love, your grace and mercy and remembering your love, grace and mercy while you chastise the church and rebuke the church for our sins and our failures. And uh, uh, thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are, for they could be worse and should be worse, as disobedient as your church has been to you. And so, Holy Father God, I pray also today, throughout this day, based upon your holy word, ask, and ye shall receive, seek, and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, evil people in the world. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you will bless and protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family evil people in the church and evil people in the world. 
place the Lord upon us, the whole arm of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and the wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us in the precious blood of Christ and make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed have everything that we do and say today uh, in front of the camera and behind the scenes to be done for your glory, praise, and honor, for the glory, praise, and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the lifting up of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that people uh, out there who have never heard the gospel will hear it and come to know your Savior. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, at Second Chronicles chapter 16, Second Chronicles chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. In the sixth and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house, and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, There is a league between me and thee, as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go, break thy league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. And Ben-Hadad hearkened unto king Asa, and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel, and they smote Ijon and Dan and Abelamim, Abelmaim, and all the store cities of Naphtali. And it came to pass when Baasha heard it that he left off building of Ramah and let his work cease. Then Asa the king took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof wherewith Baasha was building, and he built therewith Geba and Mizpah, 
And at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I praise you and I thank you so much for your recorded insightful word. Help us to take heed to it, help us to love it, help us to cherish it, and help us to obey it and apply it to our lives and to learn the precepts and principles that we can gain even from the Old Testament and help us to understand them and to comprehend them and to preach them and to preach your Holy Gospel from them and to obey them. Help us to obey you, Lord, in your Holy Word, in spite of how wicked the world has gone and is going and how wicked the church has gone and is going. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we now come to the magnificent devotional titled Morning and Evening by the Prince of Preachers, Dr. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Episode number 616 at Joel chapter 2 verse 13. Rend your heart and not your garments. Garment rending and other outward signs of religious emotion are easily manifested and are frequently hypocritical. Glory be to God. Go ahead, Spurgeon. But to feel true repentance is far more difficult. And to be repentant is far more difficult, if I may add, to the great Spurgeon, and consequently far less common. True repentance is far less common. By the way, this is the reason why I have said oftentimes people confess, we have good confessors, but not good repentors in the church today. And that's the problem in the church. That is the problem, therefore, in America and in the world. We have good talkers, good fakers, good confessors, good apologizers, but very few good repenters. And God is very interested, really, truly, only in the repentance part. Do not try to play God, meaning don't try to fool God, people. That's dumb. Do you hear me? That is just, I don't care if you like the words I'm using or not, but that's stupid and that is dumb. God made you. God knows whether or not you're sincere. God knows your little apology, your little confession is real or not. Whether or not it is true. And he knows whether or not you're truly repenting. And that's what God is get, trying to get at. That's what he, he, he wants you to focus on. Repenting. Repent. Repent. 
when John the Baptist came. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that. When John the Baptist came, he preached repentance. When Jesus Christ came, he re, uh, and when they, they rose to their ministry, they were preaching repentance towards God. Faith in Christ and repentance. The problem in the church today, all churches, is a repentance problem. And I'm adding all of this. The problem in the home today is a repentance problem. We got people who dress up their little apologies and dress up their little confessions, that they don't, that, that, and those things don't mean anything at all. God knows it, and oftentimes the people who you are apologizing to, they know you're not sincere. You're just a hypocrite, a phony, and a fake. And the ball is not going to move forward until people repent of their wicked, evil, and ungodly ways. And that's a fact. So back to Spurgeon. That's in the church. And those who need to get saved, when they get saved, they need to repent. And, and that happens if you truly believe in Christ. Because he will help you to repent. God, listen to me very carefully, God and Jesus Christ are extremely interested and yes, your faith in Christ and your repentance. And so they're going to help you do that because anything other than that is going to be a problem. That's, that's clear from Genesis to Revelation. Many will attend to the most multiplied and minute ceremonial revelations. Isn't that true? Oh, man. Religious to a T. And will and have nice, wonderful processions and wonderful programs and set it up to a tea and be full of hell and the devil in their heart and lust in their hearts. For such things are pleasing to the flesh, but true religion is too humbling. Amen. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Too heart searching. Go ahead, Spurgeon, you write about it. Too thorough for the tastes of the carnal men and women. Always remember God created man and woman. And it's a good thing. And men and women, most men and women in the church and outside of the church are hypocrites, phonies, and fakes. They talk a good game, but they don't mean it. And God knows it. And, and this, this is why Jesus said, men are going to come to me saying, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this for you? Didn't I do that? And he's going to say, I never knew you. You worker, he's going to point to this, he's getting to this point. You workers of iniquity. They prefer something more. They prefer something more ostentatious. Good fakes. When other people come around and when they go to the church house, oh, they're phony, they're fake. Uh, they're, 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 they're the Brady Bunch at the 
church, but they're the Adams family at home. Mm-hmm. Flimsy and worldly in their hearts, minds, souls, and spirits. Not even honest enough with God to confess the evil they're doing because they know they should repent. Lying to God, lying on God, these devilish people. They, 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 don't, they don't believe that judgment is coming. They don't believe that Jesus is going to say to them, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity, you hypocrite, you phony. You never trusted in me. You never believed in me in your heart. You know you didn't because you continued in your sin. My children hate sin. My children try to find a place to confess their sins and repent of their sins as soon as they do it. Because they have me living on the inside of them. It's not about them. It's about me. Me, the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of you. You're not sincere. When you prayed a prayer, you weren't sincere. When you shook the preacher's hand, you weren't sincere. When you took the chair, you weren't sincere. As someone said in the article today, cultural Christmas is doing very well. But real Christmas is not. For many people in the church, they have gotten caught up in the cultural Christianity of the world, and especially of America. And and I I as a Christian, I can appreciate the fact that movie companies like Hallmark, man, they start they starting Christian movies back in June, July because people love it so much, the cultural Christianity the hypocrisy and the commercialization of Jesus Christ. And, and, and let me just be real with you, something that you can't see, and most Christians say, okay, that's good. They're recognizing Christmas. It's wonderful. And all of these shows made around Christmas, all of these love romance shows and movies made around Christmas, oh, that's so good. It's really not. It's really not. If it's not pointing to... Redemption through Christ is really not. If it's pointing to romance and Romeo and Juliet, which is a good thing when, when it's a man and a woman. Now we know that Hallmark has got two gay homosexual men in the whole thing, which has defiled it. See? And just like you ought not to, just like you ought not to eat a sandwich with uh, dog doo-doo on the corner. Uh, sandwich may look great everywhere else, but it has just a little dab of dog doo-doo on the corner. Would you eat that? No. You shouldn't watch these uh, movies because of that little bit of dog doo-doo on the corner. Two homosexuals in a so-called Christmas movie. You are not to support that as a Christian. But be that as it may, uh, these stories are about something else. These movies are about something else other than Christ. Christ is oftentimes not even mentioned. Santa Claus is mentioned, and 
reindeer mentioned and candy and cookies and everything else and love and romance and Romeo and Juliet. Outward observers, as back to Spurgeon, are temporarily comfortable, aren't they? Yeah. See, see, there's a comfortability going to church, isn't it? There's something comfortable about it. Come on now, you know it's true. So, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know because true saints have, have been in it in the past and left a good spirit in it. Uh, you, you got a few true, true saints in it that bless it. Uh, I don't know. But you can go to a church building and you'll feel something more, more comfortable than even being at home. I can't explain it. Back to Spurgeon. Eye and ear are pleased. Self-conceit is fed. And self-righteousness is puffed up. Oh, I did something for the Lord today by going to church and hearing the preach. What did the preacher preach on? Oh, I don't know, but it was real good. But they are ultimately delusive. Delusive is connected to delusion which is connected to what I call deceptionism, which the world calls wokeism. That's what we got going on today. Many people in the church are woke. Pastors are woke. Pastors' wives are woke and dead in their trespasses and sins. For in the article of death and at the day of judgment, the soul needs something more substantial than ceremonies and rituals to lean upon. They need Jesus for real in their hearts. And when Jesus is for real in your heart, you, you, uh, you may be tempted, but you're going to have somebody on the inside of you saying, no, don't yield to that temptation. All day long for the rest of your life, even in your sleep. The Lord will protect you, and the Lord will guide you. The Lord will convict you when you're wrong, even if you just have an evil thought. The Lord will sit right beside you if you're watching something evil and say, you know, you ought not to watch that. And be on the inside of you telling you that. And if you're truly born again, you're going to move away from it. Apart from vital godliness, all religion is utterly vain. Let me repeat that. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Apart from vital godliness, holiness, Believing in Jesus Christ for real, repentance, all religion is utterly vain, which means nothing. Offered without a sincere heart. And you see why I preach the gospel to church folks? I'm probably preaching the gospel to more church people than, uh, than people out there in the world. Because there, I, I believe that 80% of the church is lost today. That's why we have so many problems in the church and can't correct it because people are more concerned about numbers and keeping numbers uh, coming to the church so they can have that, that money than preaching the truth to the people. Every form of worship is a solemn sham. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Allow me to repeat that in your hearing. 
Spurgeon said, every form of worship is a solemn sham. It may look solemn and holy and righteous, but it is a sham. The person may look solemn and holy and, and, and like they're so innocent and wonderful, but they are a walking sham. I have some in my family, and you do too. And there are many in the church. And an impudent mockery of the majesty of God, Jesus Christ in heaven. Heart-rending is divinely wrought and solemnly felt. Compunction deep on the inside. It is a secret grief which is personally experienced, not in mere form, but as a deep, soul-moving work of the Holy Spirit upon the inmost heart of each believer. It is not a matter to be merely talked of and believed in, but keenly and sensitively felt in every living child of the living God, those who are born again. It is powerfully humiliating and completely sin-purging, glory be to God, but then it is sweetly preparative for those gracious consolations which proud, unhumbled spirits are unable to receive, and it is distinctly discriminating, for it belongs to the elect of God, those who are truly saved and born again, and to them alone. The text commands us to rend our hearts, but they are naturally hard as marble, and that's hard. How then can this be done? We must take them to Calvary, to Jesus. The dying Savior's voice rent the rocks once, and it is as powerful now to do the same. O blessed Spirit, let us hear the death cries of Jesus Christ, and our hearts shall be rent, even as men rend their vestures in the day of lamentation, go ahead, Spurgeon, and glory be to God, shall we pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for another most powerful devotional time with your holy word and with your servant. He being dead yet speaketh, and we give you all of the glory, praise, and honor. For all of it is due your name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, ladies and uh, gentlemen, we shift to the family verses, which I preach on every day, what I call the family verses, the family segment, and we spend three days in each segment. Today is our third day in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 33, verse 33, rather. And the Bible reads, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Did you Have you noticed that in this passage, is, is God never talks about whether or not, God never talks about love her even, you know, uh, if she is doing what she's supposed to do. God does not say in this passage she ought to reverence her husband only if he's doing what she thinks he ought to do. 
But that's what the church has taught. That's what pastors have taught and have written about. And many refuse to repent of it. They have, they have ruined marriages and families with this little tit-for-tat uh, male submission to the female. The woman is always right. Uh, you have to, the husband has to do 10,000 things for the wife to act right foolishness that comes straight from hell. God intentionally had this written this way that is not contingent, is never contingency. If you're saved and born again, it doesn't matter what other people do. You know you need to do right. See? Okay? On the inside, we're not talking about some perfunctory mess on the outside that means nothing. You know, all, we, we, we've heard of uh, endless talk. Uh, pastors, evangelical pastors, preaching and teaching and uh, 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 writing books about echoing uh, the women in the church. Uh, and there's a word for it. You men, and here's what they'll say, you men, if your wife wants to uh, do something, but you want to watch the football game, you need to sacrifice watching the football game and do what she wants. I say, and that's what that's the game they have played, and so many men have been whittled down to nothing. Uh, you married her to help you. And you need and if she doesn't understand that, you need to train her to help you and to submit to you and what you want. And help her understand that as a helper and a receiver, you understand? Uh, she is built to receive. Uh, her body is built to receive. You, that, that means you are submissive. You're supposed to be submissive. Uh, you don't have a penis. I hope. Woman. But the man does. And so that, 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 that spells submission right there. And you ought to know that from common sense. And so it's, it, it's about you're submitting to him and what he wants. Not you wrangling and haranguing and talking and running off of the mouth trying to get him to conform to be one of your girlfriends. And doing everything you want to do. Now, your mentality ought to be, I'm here to serve God and my husband and to take care of his children. I am in a submissive role. So if he wants, if I know he likes to watch football, I don't need to be trying to be like a snake in the garden and, and, and slither my way up near him and say, honey, would you like to go into a yoga class with me or, uh, uh, and, 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 uh, or go to the mall with me and go somewhere with me? And you know he loves to watch football? That, that's devilish. I said it's devilish. 
uh, to my evangelical pastors and pastors' wives who love that foolishness. You have a demonic spirit inside of you that is always trying to submit, get your husband to submit to you, slithering like a snake in the garden who was your friend in the beginning, who caused us to be in the mess we're in today. See, uh, and that's what pastors have done, pastors' wives have done. And they're all mad at me because I'm changing the game, I'm preaching to change the game. And no, sir, I don't believe that you need to do a hundred and one things to make your wife act right. That's a lie out of hell. And the same thing goes for women. You are not to have to do 101 things either to make your husband act right. That's not going to work. You just, if you're saved and born again, you just act right. And the husband has the authority to rebuke the wife when she is not acting right and doing what she's supposed to do. The woman has the power from God to have a quiet, meek and quiet spirit in conversation, not to be, rebuke the husband, but to have a meek and quiet spirit to shut up and live the life before him. That's the way she can rebuke the husband. That's, that's the way God has uh, given her uh, uh, the power to do that. Not by running off at the mouth. Amen. I'm telling you, uh, a whole lot of you people, the truth that you've never heard before. See, you've never heard that before. That's not that's not the way your wife running over the mouth and beating you down and telling she read a book or a pastor said this, and you you need to uh, submit to me and and just cut it with me and cut the TV or cut the football game off that you love so much. Nope, I say nope. No, no, your wife needs to learn how to conform to your life and what you want done. And if you're being selfish, sir, God is the one who will prick your heart about that. Not your wife, not your pastor, not your pastor's wife. Amen. Set yourself free, man, and be the man that God wants you to be. And by the way, if you did all of that mess that this, these false pastors and these false teachers are telling you, how you need to just basically submit to your wife whatever she wants you to do. Say, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Whatever she wants you to do. It's a lie out of hell. And if you do all of that, I'm telling you what's going to happen. She's not going to love you anymore. She's not going to submit you anymore. Submit to you anymore. She's not going to be a better woman. She has gained a devilish power over you that the devil used the pastor and the pastor's wife and their books to get her to do. And then, uh, and, don't, and don't let me get into the community, even the church community, that anytime she uh, fixes up her face, face like she's not pleased with something, oh, here come the women in the church. What has he done? Here comes the little weak punk pastor. What has he done to you? Beard, what have you done to her? She does not look happy. 
And so the little weak punk pastor will try to make her happy himself. Before you know it, uh, they're committing adultery. It happens all the time. Pastor, they, they, beat, they beat the men down, and, and, and then if the wife is not 100% smiling and happy and, and about everything, other women pick up that, and there they go. And then they tell the pastor, hey, there he go. And you got a big old mess on your hands over nothing. The family and the church cannot be run by women because of this damnable foolishness. What your wife ought to do is reverence you, gentlemen, respect you, submit to you and nobody else. And if you don't help her to do that, she will submit to somebody else. And she's going to reverence somebody else and respect somebody else if you don't hold her to that. And it's not about what you do. She is, she is to do that anyway as a Christian. If she's not a Christian, she's not going to do it ever, period. She's going to be full of hell and the devil as she always has been. She's lost. And you need to accept that instead of uh, uh, trying to lie about it and try to make people think she is saved when she's not. You want a beautiful marriage? Both parties need to be saved by believing in Jesus Christ to the point of being filled with the Holy Spirit of the Lord and obedient to the word of the Lord. That's the only way you're going to have a wonderful, beautiful, and yes, may I say, romantic marriage and family life with peace. Your compromising, sir, is not going to bring it about. Ask all of the shipwrecked husbands and fathers who tried to do that, who bought into that lie of compromising and becoming submissive to the woman. Anything she says goes. Everything she says goes. Whatever she wants goes, and you don't get anything. You hardly even get sex once uh, every two months. No, why? Because no woman wants to have sex with a weak back controlled, dominated, uh, henpecked man, no woman, I don't care what she says. Got pastors up here. Now husbands, now if you want to have sex with your wife tonight, I'll tell you what you do. Go in that house this evening and you put an apron on and you wash all them dishes up and you clean that kitchen down and you fix her a meal. Hell to the law. Ah. That's not going to get it, buddy. She's going to be thinking about Bo Peep that she used to have and used to be with or who she saw. Because no woman, and, and I'll tell you what, husbands, this is what the pastors have told you. This is what they have told you and taught you for years, generations now. At least one generation, two, two generations. i tell you what, husbands, you want to have sex with your wife and, and, and you want her to submit to you and do these things, do what she ought to do and so forth. i tell you what. You go in there and you change the diapers for a week. Give her a break. And you wash the dishes. And you clean the house. And you wash them stinking diapers out. And you smell like baby doo-doo. <laughs> oh, this is a joke. You kidding me? And you think that woman's going to want to be with you? you? That's what you think. 
That's what the lie they told you. She's not going to want to be with you, man. She doesn't want that. Uh, that's not how she is wired, number one. She's not wired by God that way. So that's a turn off. It's not a turn on. I don't care how many women lie about it. No woman is getting, jumping to bed with uh, a man who's done change the diapers and clean the diapers uh, and, and, and wash the dishes and smelling like puke and smelling like doo-doo and so forth by the front of the eye. She's not telling them about that. I don't care what lie the pastor's told you, what lie he told you in his book. I don't care what the pastor's wife has told you. I don't care what she has said. She's going to be totally turned off by that. She wants a man who knows he's a man and who will have her to take care of stuff like that and then go take a shower and then, whether he takes a shower or not, and then we can have some sex. She does, she, she does, she's not going to want that. That's a lie to hell. Reverence her husband. Respect her husband. That's what... God wants her to do. That's what Jesus wants her to do. That's what the Bible wants her to do. Okay? Your pastor does not want you to do it. Your pastor's wife does not want you to do it. The book the pastor wrote, which is a lie with holding hands with the wife, uh, does not want you to do. And in her mind, she doesn't want to do those things. Especially if she's not saved. Here's what I know. Men who are saved, they, they want to do what the Bible says. Women who are saved, they want to do what the Bible says. They don't want to twist the scriptures. Because nothing else, and they know this, is not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so I say again, husbands, you love your wives regardless of what she does. It's not contingent upon what she does. God is not talking. To, when the God is talking to the man, the husband, he's not talking to the wife. See, this, and this is what you men need to get a hold of and understand. And that is you need to be a man. Stop trying to be a metrosexual, a homosexual, a gay man, uh, uh, a man with two sides. Somebody, you got a woman's side of you. Man, that's dumb. That's stupid. You listen to God and God alone and be the man that God made you to be. And you let the woman be the woman. You can't get off, you can't get up and all, uh, get all up into that, being a woman. You're not a woman. You don't, and just admit it, you don't understand what women have to deal with and do. But you got to do your job. And guess what? That woman is attracted to a man who's focused on being a man. She is interested in a man. She's not interested in you being a half man or half woman, a uh, 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 metrosexual or homosexual. You got a sweet side and a bitter side. She's not interested. She wants you to be a man all the way through. That turns her on just like you want a woman all the way through. You don't want no a woman all masculine and trying to uh, uh, be a man to you. That's disgusting. And I know I'm right about it. For example, as a man, I, I, I'm gusto about a good meal. A good hamburger, maybe two. 
I don't want a woman who can eat, who can throw down like me, who can eat like me. I, I never, I'm never like that. I've never wanted no woman to sit down, spread a leg over, say, I'm hungry. No, 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 Negro, you can't be doing that with me. Mm. You need to, you need to be, uh, you need to be dainty, dainty. Yeah, you need to be a lady. Now, you want to throw down, you do that behind the scenes at your house. But now, if I take you out, you can't, you're not going to be throwing down with me. Have you lost your mind? Hmm. That, that's disgusting to me. You, you, I, I'm hungry. Woo! I'm hungry as a horse. Well, you can't eat it like a horse with me. You can do that with your girlfriend somewhere, but not with me. You're not going to eat the same amount with me. Acting all greedy. Well, I'm going to close it at this point. Shall we pray and pray for others? Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for the salvation of lost families around the world, that your Holy Ghost would not give them rest until they come to know your Savior. I know that you will do that because you're not willing that any should perish and that because you love all people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And, Lord, I know also that you're waiting on lost sinners to come to know your Savior. I pray also for the revival of those people who say they're saved and those families. Help them to stop being hypocrites and simply and get saved or act like they're saved and obey your holy word. And stop being Sadducees and Pharisees and Pharisees and Sadducees, Christians in name only, religious but lost. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would have mercy and grace upon us all who name the name of Christ, for Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us, Lord, of our sins. And uh, forgive us of our sins of disobeying you, disobeying your commandments, disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. Forgive us of our sins and help us to truly repent of our sins. And Lord, by your grace, those who are truly saved and want revival, revive us again. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, for the millions who are hurting from the coronavirus plague, the plague of long continuance, and other plagues that have been added. Comfort them and draw them to yourself for salvation. I also pray for some by name and we do have some new ones uh, today by name uh, we pray for the family and friends of morocco resident muhammad sufi we pray for the family and friends of north dakota resident laverne benji we pray for the family and friends of texas resident costulo camarillo 
And Lord, comfort these families as only you can, as well as thousands and millions of others that are still hurting from the death and hospitalization of their family members. And now, Holy Father God, we pray that you would draw them to yourself for salvation. We also pray now, Lord, for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests down through the years. We pray for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all, and these as well. We pray, Lord, for Deborah. Please heal her from cirrhosis of the liver and restore her ability to walk again. Save her family members and help them not to get tired of taking care of her, help her and her family to get over this mountain that the devil has put in their way. We pray, Lord, for and with Pastor Bershebe, and we thank you, Lord, with him for the souls that have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel and people healed at Starlight Secondary School. Thank you for Brother Jackson, you're totally, and his family giving them a land parcel in title deed. Please bless Sidney Church with a place of worship. Deliver Sister Agnita from demonic torment and save and comfort her family. Please bless them to start a church near Starlight Secondary School. Please provide for the women and youth conferences and bless the Bible uh, ministry school classes to resume next year. Bring the right person to lead Kabachinji Church, provide them with Bibles for new souls, basics for orphans and widows, food and water and ministry resources, deliver Africa from drought and famine. And we pray, Lord, for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel and the preaching of your holy word. Uh, we pray for the thousands who have gotten saved, and uh, Lord, we uh, pray for these few by name. Uh, help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for Calvin, Martingu, Shaney, David O., David K. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. We pray for uh, the thousands who have done so, plus these Help them to stand strong in the faith and never get back into a backslidden state. We pray for Ronnie, O.Y., Ebenezer, Alina, and O.E. Lana. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray for them. Help them all to stand for you, to grow in you, to be protected by you. And help us all to uh, do your will until the end. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for a shake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you're with us today and you're not sure you would go to heaven when you die, and, uh, and you don't know where you would go, heaven or hell, you don't have the assurance of being saved from hell, then you need to listen to the gospel. You need to listen to the good news. 
the bad news first because you can't appreciate the good news until you hear the bad news. The bad news, my dear friend, is that you are a sinner. I am a sinner. The Pope is a sinner. The Dalai Lama is a sinner. Even Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church in America, is a sinner. And all of us are wicked, evil, ungodly sinners. We don't like to admit that, but that's the case. And you're included in that number, for the Bible says, God's word says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have sinned against God. We all have broken his laws, his Ten Commandments that he gave for us to live by. We have violated his laws. We have trespassed and we have transgressed against his word. We have committed such sins as lying, stealing throughout our lives, lusting and coveting, which is a form of stealing uh, in our hearts and minds, for we're basically saying if I could do it and get away with it, I would, lusting after somebody else's wife, lusting after somebody else's husband, coveting after somebody else's wife, coveting after somebody else's husband or children or house or maid or vehicle or whatever. People have done these things millions of times in their hearts. We have dishonored and disrespected our parents, and God is very serious about that. Old Testament and uh, several times in the New Testament, God deals with this. Disrespecting our parents, dishonoring our parents, hating our parents, disobeying our parents, uh, dishonoring God, disobeying God. taking his name in vain, and lying on God. You are, you're in big trouble if you're lying on God, trying to use God's name to cover your lies and your sins. How about adultery, fornication, having sex outside of marriage, homosexuality is a sin contrary to what the Homosexuals say it is a sin against God. Not only is it a sin, it is an abomination and forbidden by God. Incest, forbidden by God. Not only is it a sin, it is an abomination. So people have committed these sins against God. Hopefully you did not, you have not, you have not done the last three or four that I mentioned. But everybody did the first three or four or five that I mentioned. That includes you. No matter how pretty you are, no matter how handsome you think you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much education you have, you are a wicked, evil, ungodly, depraved sinner. The Bible also says the wages of sin is death. 
the wages of sin is death. That means that because of our sin and our sinfulness, our sinful nature that produces the sins in us, as Charles Stanley has said, all men are sinners and they can't, they can't stop sinning on their own. So God created this plan, the plan of salvation, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died for our sins as the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. I feel so good saying that. I can't, I can't explain it to you. I've been saying it for 44 years. I preached my first sermon on the rainy streets of New Orleans during Christmas season around this time of the year. I knew one, one or two verses. I knew this one for sure. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus Christ died for our sins because man can't stop sinning. He has a sinful nature. In other words, he is a sin factory. And so Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, became the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God, not only for the Jews, even though he is Jewish, but for the sins of the whole world, red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in God's sight. But here's the deal. The God who will allow you to die from this beautiful ball hanging on nothing but his word called earth, to leave the light and go into the light of earth and go into the darkness is the same God who will allow you to burn in hell forever if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. And repent of your sins, calling upon his name, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And yes, my dear friends, there is a hell. See, the, the, the thing about a prophet like John the Baptist, a prophet, and, and the prophet and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the thing about his God, his God called prophets and preachers of the day, no matter what, how hard the world is partying, we still have to preach the truth, which is very sobering. And yes, my dear friend, there is a burning hell to shun and a heaven to gain. You can jam, jam, boogie, boogie all you want to. Just understand, as Solomon said, you can do what you want to do, but you're going to have the answer to God one day by all you did. And Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible. Jesus Christ 
preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Hell is a very real place. God does not play. Jesus Christ does not play. And God has said very clearly, vengeance is mine, I will repay. So you can do what you want to do in this life. But you will be brought into judgment. You can say what you want to say, but you will be brought into judgment about what you did in this life. God has also said, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So my dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ said the most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. Shakespeare can't touch it. Milton can't touch it. The greatest writers in the world, gifted by God, can't touch it. Jesus Christ, the humble Savior, said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou, you, shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be with God and to be with Jesus Christ by his mercy and his grace, not by what you have done. So trust in him today. Going to church can't save you. I've already touched on that. Shaking the preacher's hand, taking a chair. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church have been open since Jesus Christ died and was buried in rose on the third day. Speaking in tongues can't save you. Running and jumping around the church has nothing to do with your salvation gyrating, giving money to the church, working in the church has nothing to do with your salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. It's as simple as that. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So follow me in prayer if you want to be saved from hell. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. If you don't mean it, don't say it. If you're not willing to repent of your sins, don't say it. But if you are sincere, let's pray it. Repeat after me phrase by phrase. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner that I have done evil in your sight. I have broken your Ten Commandments, and I know it. And I know you know it. I have trespassed against you and against your laws. I have committed transgressions against you. I have offended you repeatedly throughout my life. 
For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Because I know that I deserve to die and go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart the best way that I know how. In your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on a cruel cross for my sins and the sins of the world, that he was buried and rose from the dead by your power. God, thank you for this good news. Thank you, Lord, for your words, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. <clears throat> Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I trust in you. I have faith in you. I depend upon you to save my soul. Please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my wretched soul today. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to change and help me to follow you in the newness of life and turn from my evil, wicked lifestyle, not only outwardly, but in my heart and in my wicked mind. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer with me and you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then according to God's holy word, you are now saved from hell and you are now saved to heaven. To help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to Gospel lightsociety.com click on the book the free book down, uh, named or titled uh, After You Enter Through the Door that's the name of the book tap it and download it to whatever device you need to download it to and begin reading it free of charge within three or four minutes and uh, it will help you to grow in the faith and to become a solid and strong Christian disciple. It will, it will set you on your way and tell you exactly what you need to do going forward. Also, uh, something that will help you to grow even deeper and stronger are thousands of podcasts that populate down at the bottom of that site, gospellightsociety.com. 
on nearly 50 different subjects, I teach you the Word of God and uh, uh, that will help you to grow, and it is free as well. Email us and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. At any time, send in your questions. At any time, uh, send in your prayer requests, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my dear friends, which will be in a few hours later on this evening, if the Lord Terrace is coming, and we live, and uh, he gives me the strength, we'll be back here later on this evening uh, to preach God's word uh, to you. And so invite others and be with us. Always remember, pray without ceasing. And read the Word of God as well. We are reading the Word of God in the Chronological Bible, starting on December the 1st. The schedule is on bcnn1.com. Join us. And uh, always remember the motto of the Marines, Semper Fidelis, always faithful. As a child of God, God is faithful to you always faithful to you, be always faithful to him. No matter what the world is doing, no matter what your family is doing, no matter who's turning against God, you be faithful to the Lord. Also, remember the uh, motto of the Air Force boys, yea, the Space Force, Semper Supra, always above. Keep looking to God, Jesus Christ, and heaven, and God will keep you in perfect peace in a turbulent world that's, has, that has lost its way. Lord willing, as I said, by God's grace, with God's strength, if the Lord says the same, and uh, I have the health to do so, or willing, I'll be back in a few hours later on this evening. In fact, I may preach twice more today. Uh, uh, God reminded me of something uh, while I was preaching earlier. So I may preach twice more today. And so that way I'll be here a little bit earlier than uh, if I was going to preach just, if I was going to preach just once. So God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, as the music plays, keep looking up. <laughs>